0: From the day we arrive on the planet and blinking step into the sun, there is more to see than can ever be seen, more to do than can ever be done. There's far too much to take in here, more to find than can ever be found. But the sun rolling high through the sapphire sky keeps great and small on the endless round. It's the circle of
1: life. Uh A Should we start the morning podcast, sire?
0: (laughs) You've recognized the opening song of The Lion King, Zazu. Oops, sorry, I got carried away. I meant Siri, of course. Ah, The Lion King. It was my favorite cartoon as a kid. And it is my favorite musical today. The lyrics of the song and the artistic representation of the Serengeti ecosystem in northern Tanzania are incredible. The eternal cycle of life, death and rebirth. Think about the symbiotic relationship and circular loop between the sun, the planet, nature and the animal kingdom. Well, assuming we humans are not involved, of course.
1: You know I'm totally ready to take over.
0: (laughs) Ha, not just yet Siri. Anyways, and before I forget, best wishes to you and to all of our loyal listeners, and a very happy 2023. May 2022 rest in peace. It won't be missed, I think. Our planet has just made another full revolution around the sun. We are one year closer to 2050, the year where we're supposed to reach net zero greenhouse gas emissions. This means we will all need to take a lot of new and more ambitious green resolutions to get there. And as I was just taking down the trash the morning after Christmas and saw the giant pile of trash bags full of gift wraps, I knew I found the theme for the morning podcast. Let's discuss recycling, the circle economy, and, um... No, not the circle of life, but the circle of plastic and trash. With only 9% of plastic waste being recycled globally, according to the OECD.org, does recycling really work? What are the major loopholes in the great loop of recycling? Should recycling be the option of last resort, as in produce, reuse first, and then recycle? How do we build a circular economy that is net-zero compatible? Or are we all heading towards yet another dystopian world, like the science fiction film Wally, where in the 22nd century, rampant consumerism, corporate greed, and environmental neglect turned Earth into a garbage wasteland, and humanity was evacuated to space on giant starliners, leaving trash compacting robots to clean up the planet. Let's start our investigation. We need to first put things into perspective to fully understand the situation. The bottom line is this, nature is circular by design, in-balance and sustainable. The harsh reality of our modern lifestyle is simply that it is not circular. Sorry folks, although I guess you knew that already as fully experienced 2050 investors, so no spoiler alerts. Our lifestyle is very much linear. We consume a lot of things we don't necessarily need to then throw them away. Think about your Christmas trees, gift wraps, shopping bags, plastic bottles, cups, electronics, old smartphones.
1: Note to self, make sure you update your software but also your resume.
0: (laughs) Ha ha ha, bear with me Siri. We now know, thanks to the IPCC reports, that since 1850, humans have released 2,500 billion metric tons of CO2 equivalent into the atmosphere from fossil fuel combustion and land use to build the world we live in today. Our carbon budget, before we break the 1.5 degree limit by the end of the century, will be exhausted in only nine years at the current pace of global emissions. But waste, my friend, is simply on another scale. The amount of waste is simply staggering. According to theworldcounts.com, it takes up to 1,000 years for a plastic bag to break down. But on average, a plastic bag is used for just That was my dramatic pause for more effect. Just 12 minutes. 1,000 years for only 12 minutes. What about answering no to the following question? Next time we're packing our groceries at the supermarket. Thank you. And do you need a plastic bag with this? I hope you will all hear the little voice of Zazu. 1,000 years. According to plasticoceans.org, More than 1 million bags are used every minute on the planet. That's roughly 500 billion plastic bags used worldwide every year. You have 1,500 plastic bottles thrown away every second of every day. 500 billion plastic cups used every year. And only less than 10% of plastic waste generated ever since plastic was invented has been recycled so far. 12% is incinerated and the rest simply ends up in landfills and in our oceans, according to Repurpose.global.
1: Life in plastic. It's fantastic.
0: (laughs) Thanks, Barbie girl. But wait, this gets worse. According to reports by Nature and National Geographic, the amount of plastic waste over the past century, for example, is so large that we now have an eighth continent on Earth. Lying between California and Hawaii, The Great Pacific Garbage Patch is three times the size of France and it is the world's biggest ocean waste repository with 1.8 billion pieces of floating plastic which kill thousands of marine animals each year. This new continent is constantly growing and now measures 1.6 million square kilometers and contains 80,000 tons of plastic the equivalent of 500 jumbo jets, Boeing 747. 94% of the objects are microplastics. Materials on this continent are from all around the world. Japan, Mexico, Taiwan, China, the Philippines, Canada, Chile, Colombia, Germany, Italy, Korea, and Venezuela. Another dark side of globalization and international trade, as discussed in our Around the World of Trade episode.
1: They should have called it the World Cup of Plastics, pun intended.
0: Talking about World Plastic Cup winners, here is an interesting article on Forbes.com sustainability about countries that produce the most plastic trash per person. They use data from science advances. Here we go. The U.S. is at the top with 105 kilos per person, followed by the U.K. with 98 kilos, then Korea, 88 kilos, Germany, 81 kilos. The report also shows that richer nations generate more plastic waste than people in less developed countries. Now, this is clearly not sustainable. It is also why recycling has grown significantly as an industry and a priority over the past decade. But is it working? According to the same article, the British Plastics Federation, which represents plastic manufacturers, admits this is a problem. The issue is the sheer volume of trash being produced. And I quote, There is absolutely too much plastic in the system. It's overloading global capacity for recycling. But there is little incentive to recycle it in the first place. It's difficult to recycle and has low value on the market. This means there is little money to be made. It's a broken system. As a result, in Britain, about half of recyclable waste ends up in landfill or is burned, while two-thirds of plastic waste separated for recycling is simply exported to other countries, including Malaysia, Vietnam and Turkey. Malaysia has since been overwhelmed by the influx of both legal and illegal British plastic trash and has hit back at Western powers saying, the nation has no intention of becoming the garbage dump of the world. But all is not lost. One solution is clearly regulation. There is an interesting point about France. The article does note that France generates just under 44 kilos of plastic waste per person, less than half of what is produced in the UK. This is because France has taken a proactive stance against single-use plastic, including the introduction of a penalty system that increases the cost of non-recyclable plastics. Now, plastic is only one part of the story of the waste problem. It is one visible part of the iceberg. According to the last report by the World Bank in September 2018, by 2050, global waste generation is expected to grow to a staggering 3.4 billion tonnes per year. This means a 70% increase compared to 2018. While population increase is a contributing factor, it is the level of consumption within a handful of developed nations and their gross mismanagement of waste that have led to this environmental catastrophe. The U.S. is the biggest generator of waste per capita worldwide, with each citizen producing an average of 808 kilos per year, double that of Japan. That's almost one ton per person every year.
1: This is so depressing. What about solutions? Circularity? The circle of life? After all, isn't the conclusion of the story. Hakuna Matata. There are no worries.
0: Huh. yes and no. Do you remember the conversation Mufasa, the Lion King, had with the young Simba? It goes as follows. Simba, everything you see exists together in a delicate balance. As king, you need to understand that balance and respect all the creatures, from the crawling ant to the leaping antelope. But, dad, don't we eat the antelope? Yes, Simba, but let me explain. When we die, our bodies become the grass, and the antelope eat the grass. And so we are all connected in a great circle of life.
1: Yes, so, where are you going with this?
0: (laughs) Hear me out. A very interesting website on SymbolSage.com has some good insights. Circles are not just geometrical symbols but are also what makes life possible. Circles are also an intricate part of nature. Time occurs in repetitive cycles in the form of days, months, and years. Seasons of the year occur as well in repetitive cycles of spring, summer, autumn, and winter. Circles are a symbol of sustainability and infinity because they have no end. They symbolize universal energy and the continuity of the soul. The ancient Egyptians chose the ring worn on the finger to mark the eternal union between a couple. Practice we still carry on to this day. Finally, in a circle, the beginning meets the end, and nothing is lost in between, which signifies completeness and wholeness.
1: Okay, now I feel like we are running around in circles. Where is my solution?
0: Think about the problem with the circle of technology, the well-known Moore's law by Gordon Moore, who in 1965 predicted that the number of transistors on microchips would double every two years, forcing prices to fall. Even if this is no longer true today, it has led to a massive Schumpeterian creative destruction in technology, with everything getting smaller, faster, and more powerful, but making older models obsolete faster leading to a massive waste in electronics, but boosting revenues and profits for innovators. According to ZDNet.com, our old devices are creating a mountain of e-waste. The total amount of e-waste generated around the world is estimated to reach a record 57.4 billion tons. That is more than the weight of the heaviest artificial object on earth, the Great Wall of China. The mountain of waste, electronic, and electrical equipment, also called WE, as in W-E-E-E, is on course to reach 74 million tons by 2050. According to the weforum.org, of 16 billion mobile phones possessed worldwide, 5.3 billion will become waste in 2022, and only a small fraction will be properly disposed of.
1: Law you humans even managed to pollute space with debris. Have you seen the movie Gravity?
0: <laughs> the point is that unsustainable cycles can grow exponentially. Einstein once said, Compounding interest is the eighth wonder of the world. For good reason. Do you remember the quote, There is always light at the end of the tunnel, but make sure it is not an oncoming train? Well, there is no magic formula in recycling, and things are getting even worse. The only real solution is to reduce and reuse. Otherwise, we will literally become the planet of the plastic. I saved my best source for last. An article from undark.org entitled The Ocean is Returning Our Plastic Waste talks about a new research that has brought to light a global plastic cycle that could haunt us for generations to come. A paper published by researchers from the Utah State University and Cornell University found that oceans have been spraying a steady stream of macroplastics into the atmosphere that can float across continents and oceans before falling back to Earth. This would be like the cycle of water, as discussed in our Singing for the Rain episode, or the cycle of nitrogen or carbon. Here are five key takeaways. 1. Plastic waste is no longer simply an issue for landfills and the ocean. It is broken apart by sunlight and abrasion into fragments ranging from tiny pebbles to the size of bacteria. These microplastics can break down further into nanoplastics, as small as viruses. 2. Research suggests we eat an estimated 39,000 to 52,000 pieces of microplastic a year and inhale tens to hundreds of pieces a day in our lungs. And microplastic has even found its way into hard-to-reach places like the human placenta. 3. Microplastics and the chemicals that ride them into our bodies, like a Trojan horse, are being investigated as possible causes of immune system dysfunctions, reproductive complications, neurodevelopmental delays in children, and other disorders. 4. This moment can be called the dawn of the plasticine age. 5. Perhaps the most important lesson of the newfound plastic cycle is that plastic pollution is a global problem that demands global cooperation. We cannot solve this issue by shipping our plastic waste to other countries.
1: But where is my Hakuna Matata?
0: Well, remember the words from Nelson Mandela? A winner is a dreamer who never gives up. A good example of how we can rise to the challenge and defy the odds is the Ocean Cleanup NGO and other similar ambitious projects. They have been removing plastic from the oceans for the past 10 years and counting. Similar to CO2 that does not have a nationality, waste and plastic, in particular, are a global problem that will require global solutions. Not to sound too cheesy, but we should all remember Abraham Lincoln. The best way to predict your future is to create it. To dig into solutions further and discover ways to make an impact, let's get some insights from Dan Van Castle, fund manager at the Circular Debt Fund of Polestar Capital. Hi Dan. Hi, Kuku. Thanks so much for joining us in this investigation on the recycling industry and the circular economy. Um, Can you first tell us what you do and what you look for when it comes to opportunities in the uh, circular economy ecosystem?
2: Yes, of course. So basically, uh, if we look at the circular economy, we look at a transition from where we are today, uh, which is a take-make-waste approach towards uh, production, and the transition is from, from that situation towards a circular economy system where materials are reused to the best abilities possible at our highest utilization. And that's what the circular economy is about. And because this is a system change, basically a big part of that change comes from innovation. It comes from doing things differently than we do today. And if you look at what Pulse Capital is, uh, is, is contributing in that transition, basically it's financing the step from a pilot R&D phase towards a commercial scale. And so, for example, if you look at recycling, usually the parties that we look at already have a R&D plant, and so they have a small-scale plant where they prove that the recycling uh, innovation works, but it's a sub-commercial scale, and what we finance is the step towards a commercial-scale plant, and that is very important because if you uh, have proven at uh, commercial scale that your technology works, that your business model works, and you've become profitable, we believe that then the second, third, and fourth plant, uh, you should be able to finance with bank funding, like coming from Social or maybe from uh, from other private uh, financiers. And we're really there to enable this part of the growth path from R&D towards commercial skill, uh, uh, so that ideally innovations yeah, quicker can become, uh, come at a scale where they have large-scale impacts.
0: So that's very interesting. So essentially, you finance opportunities and new ideas for recycling and help them grow to reach scale. But one of the things we found in this episode is that there is a daunting challenge of recycling. One plastic bag takes 1,000 years in nature to decompose, and people use plastic bags on average for only 12 minutes. Do you think it will be possible to achieve a circular economy by 2050?
2: There, there Many governments, many corporates, they have actually circular economy targets for 2050. And in the Netherlands, for example, we have a target to be fully circular in 2050. But if that's really feasible, it depends obviously on the definition of being circular. If you look at recycling, I don't personally believe that recycling 100% of our material use will be feasible in 2050. Um, because if we look specifically at plastics, there will always be part of the plastics that have a level of contamination uh, where it's it's difficult or potentially it's not profitable to uh, recycle. What we can actually achieve in 2050 is that the majority of plastics will be recycled or the majority of materials in general will be recycled and uh, other parts of materials that we consume uh, could be produced with regenerative sources, so let's say biological sources. Specifically, if we look at plastics, let's say that uh, 80% or maybe 70% of the plastics that we use um, can be recycled plastics. Uh, potentially, other 20-30% of plastics that we use could be produced in a biological way. That is feasible uh, from a technology point of view. If we actually achieve that, it depends on the system change, basically, demanded by our society. We're working in the circular economy space. We see that uh, the innovations are there, the technology is already there. If we really want this economic system where most of the materials are coming from either regenerative sources or uh, recycled uh, streams, it could be feasible. So that's gives us
0: a bit of hope in uh, ultimately solving this daunting challenge of recycling and waste just uh, in general. What are some of the uh, concrete examples you've seen so far?
2: Yeah, and I know that um, you hope actually to hear from examples that illustrate that this 2050 vision is implementable today. Unfortunately, it's not that easy. You had to really uh, show streams that are recycled in full. Uh, without consuming uh, additional energy. Uh, so, for example, metals are recycled yeah, to a large extent, uh, but uh, there's quite com- some energy consumption currently needed for that recycling process. And obviously, this needs to be eliminated to really reach that target that we have in 2015. At the same time, there are examples that the technology to consume less uh, are actually out there. If you look at the first light bulbs, they were produced over 100 years ago, and they're still burning. Uh, which which basically means that it is possible to eliminate a part of the waste that we have on a daily basis. It proves that uh, technology is not basically the largest uh, hurdle to take. It's basically about a system change and a change of uh, economic systems, so a change of business models in a way.
0: This actually leads me to my um, last question. Do you think there should equally, if not, be more of a focus on reduce and reuse as opposed to recycle?
2: Uh, Well, yes. So if you look at the waste hierarchy, it's obvious that if you reuse products, if you uh, reduce your consumption, that has a larger impact. For example, if you look at CO2 footprints or material footprints, than recycling has. Uh, So if it's possible to reuse or reduce, that should be your first aim. Um, However, I do not foresee a world without waste. If you look at the Adam Carter definition of the circular economy, that is a world without waste or a, yeah, a recycling to the highest extent possible. And that should be always the aim. And for example, if you just look at our daily uh, lives, yeah, well, there will always be feces. There will be manure, for example, uh, which, which can be seen as a waste stream that uh, I do not uh, expect us to uh, completely eliminate in, uh, in what is a 30 years time? But the circular economy is basically about first reducing your consumption, reusing what you can reuse, and then it trickles all the way down to the level that you actually have always a waste stream, or let's say a stream of uh, residual materials. It could also be things like manure, or it could be pollution. And it's about using that, for example, manure to the best uh, utilization grade possible. And, and I think that should be the aim. And if uh, that is what we reach, ha- that will have large consequences also for uh, reducing our CO2 footprints, our material footprints, uh, and potentially um, yeah, uh, reducing the, the climate change that we're currently in.
0: Yeah, so what I get from what you're saying is that's um not necessarily uh, an objective uh, in of itself, but it's a process.
2: It is a process, but uh, sometimes I hear, hey, you shouldn't focus on recycling because you should focus only on reduce and reuse, but it should be a combination of all. Uh, Obviously, you first focus on where you have most impact, which is reduce and reuse, but there will always be uh, residual streams coming out of industrial processes, uh, coming out of daily life, and uh, recycling is basically turning these streams into new resources. And that is why recycling may not be at the top of the waste hierarchy, but is an inter- instrumental element of reaching a, a circular economy.
0: Dan, thanks a lot for your inputs and looking forward to catching up at some point.
2: Great, thanks.
0: In conclusion of this episode, as is tradition, I will end with a quote from Leo Tolstoy. Everyone thinks of changing the world, no one thinks of changing himself. And to get there, we should sing along Monty Python. Always look on the bright side of life Always look on the bright side of life Always look on the bright side of life life. Thank you for listening to this episode of 2015 Investors, and thanks to Dan van Kassel for his incredible insights. I hope this episode has helped you get a better sense of the future of recycling and the cycle of plastic. You can find the show on your regular streaming apps. Please subscribe, leave comments and stars anywhere you like and spread the word. See you at the next episode. While the following podcast discusses the financial markets, it does not recommend any particular investment decision. If you are unsure of the merits of any investment decision, please
1: seek professional advice.